All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with Mr. Larry Fletcher, the owner of Walt's Chicken Express. Mr. Larry, go ahead, take a minute and introduce yourself. Uh, good morning, I'm Larry Fletcher, uh, owner of Walt's Chicken Express. I have two locations. Um, one on Free Park Lincoln Street is one of them. Been there for 20 years, and 2601 Park Station Road, uh, located in the Carpenter Plaza, is the other one. Been there for five years. Excellent, excellent. And about how long you been in business for? Total. Uh, this is far as. Uh, well, well, let me rephrase. How long have you been in this business for? How long have you been in food service? In food service, I've been in food service since the age of 16. Wow. I mean, not to say you're that old. 16. All right, so where did you get your start? Uh, I started with McDonald's. Uh-huh. I actually rephrased that. 14 at McDonald's. That's when I started. <laughs> All right, so walk me through your journey of getting started at 14 and then, you know, having your own now. Yeah, it was a part-time job at uh, McDonald's from school. Okay, yeah, I started with uh, the age of 14. As a cool person, swept floors, cooked fries, you know, did, did basic crew work. Uh, worked my way up to a uh, crew chief at the age 16, and at the age of 17, I was the store manager. I was the manager. Nice. My assistant manager. Mm -hmm. Now, how often does something like that happen? Somebody that young to get that promotion? Uh, not often at all. <laughs> you, know, you have to really be dedicated to the business, you know, and have an interest. And also have a goal. You know, my goal was to be uh, was to be the, was to be the store manager and mm -hmm. then the owner operator. Okay, at the age of 19, I uh, had my first location. Okay, uh, and that was at a uh, 41st of March. Uh huh. In Philly. Uh, well, Here? Yeah, on the Delaware. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Went through all the training programs through, through McDonald's, the DOC, IOC, McDonald's University. We made this program, etc. You know, so I qualified for ownership as far as the paperwork is concerned. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Nice. And, uh, uh, after that journey, uh, spent 12 years with McDonald's. Okay, things didn't work out as 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 you know, as you know wanted to, but things don't always work out the way they're supposed to right. because you don't have control of things. Right. You know, when you're thinking the door is closing, actually the door is opening. Right. <laughs> you know, and from there I left and I uh, went to uh, KFC for a few years. Uh-huh. You know, and ran a couple in, um, uh, Union Street was one of the operations in Concord Pike. Actually, with several operations of uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken I ran for a franchise. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, he went to sell his stores, and I asked him, I said, uh, you know, since I've been running these stores where you're profitable, right, and there's a minority program, why don't you go ahead and uh, put your bid in for me, all right? He failed to do that. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Okay. No, that, was a, no, that was a heartbreaker at the time. Well, the door ain't closed and the door is open. Right. <laughs> okay. I was actually uh, doing some consultant work for uh, a gentleman named uh, Mr. Porter, and he had a couple of macaroons, hamburger franchises, right? And um, he introduced me to Mr. Shepard, gotcha. which had the um, Walt's Chicken. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a mom and pop operation, you know, and you go there, the line's always out the door. 
<laughs> you know. I've been told. <laughs> you know, and um, looked at the opportunity to say, whoa, you know, um, Mr. Shepard never had a manager before. Okay, and he, um, you know, we, we talked, and he said, uh, you know, we uh, made it, you know, we came to a decision, say, okay, Mr. Mr. Fletcher, if you take me to the next level, do the things that we uh, talk about, then when it comes time for you to open up your, your own operation, then I'm 100% with you. Okay. We took that uh, at Walt's Chicken from a mom and pop operation to a franchisable operation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So walk me through that. How did how did we take it from a, a, a mom and pop operation to something that was franchisable? Okay, they had um, basically it was um, the product was excellent, but it was no controls. Okay, things that you learn from KFC, things that I learned from McDonald's as far as inventory, um, controlling profit, um, profit profit controls, mm -hmm. hiring, the whole all the aspects of operating operating the business. I applied it to Waltz, you know. So the only difference was the only thing we had to do was take that great product that they had because they existed less than a half a mile from KFC. Wow! And they outsold them in chicken. And this was back in nineteen. Y'all should see my something. face right now. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. floored. And this yeah. is this was when? You know, this is back in '89. Okay, I started with Mr. Shepard in '89. You know, I opened up my operation on Lincoln Street in 2002. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, you know, along with, you know, putting in certain controls, uh, having a management team, you know, developing a structure for the business. Right. You know, they had um, actually, they were operating <laughs> with minimum register control, <laughs> um, no inventory control. It didn't even have a safe. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it was basically put your money in the drawer and, you know, hope it's there the next day. Wow. <laughs> you know, but things worked out. He gave me, um, you know, once I worked with him a few months, he actually retired. So uh, it's somewhat, right? Uh -huh. I said, Mr. Shepard, step aside. I got this for you. Right? <laughs> and, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Right. He's seen his sales increase, his profit increase. He was happy. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So about how long, what kind of resistance did you run into when you first started trying to implement the controls, you say? Uh, well, first with the, uh, with the crew. You know, you had the resistance with, the, you know, basically with the crew somewhat because they were used to a certain standard. Uh. <laughs> you know, so you know, we had to actually get them together or just have to hire, you know, if they didn't go along with the new program, then we just had to get some folks that did. Okay. All right. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I like that. We'll come back to that in a second. But that leads me to a, a pretty important question in your business. How, it, when there are disputes among staff, how do you handle it? Uh, we have a one-on-one -on -one with them, right? Mm -hmm. We determine what the issue is, right? And from that point on, what we do, we make a resolution. You know, how we resolve it. You know, based on what the severity of the dispute is. Is depends on what you know, what action is is, is held behind that. Gotcha. It's, it comes behind that, you know. Um, but basically, it's a verbal, verbal, verbal uh, conversation. Okay, with a commitment that you know that we need to move forward and do something positive from it, mm -hmm. and then we do to then we do a uh, written 
communication, right? Gotcha. And with them signing off and, you know, make an agreement that we go forward with being, um, with everything being positive. You know, we tell them one thing, that we're not in the unemployment business. Uh -huh. Okay, we're in the employment business. I like that. So we want to make sure, you know, that we do everything that we can do to make sure that, you know, that everybody has a happy medium. You know, I like it. You know, you, 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 when you're hired, you, you, you agree to uh, provide a service, right. right? Okay, your service is what, we, what you commit to, if it's a crew person, management, et cetera, right? There's certain guidelines you commit to, you know. And at the other end, my commitment is to make sure that you're trained, you train all train, and also that you're also, the key thing for everyone is paid. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. And if, um, you know, if I hope, uphold my commitment, you know, to paying you and training you and providing you with the necessary tools to do the job, mm -hmm. then you should agree to your part also. Agreed. Yeah. All right. What other kind of what other kinds of uh, resistance did we run into when we started putting those controls in? Because that's a big one. I can definitely imagine that if we if we're used to doing things one way and we got this new guy coming in here telling us to do it another way, mm -hmm. I can definitely imagine us having some problems there. So what, 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 well, what, did anybody come to you directly, or was it a uh, you know when we were encountering the resistance? What did what did that look like? Mm -hmm. Well, it was uh, it, it wasn't. I would say too much of a resistance because of um, you know if there was an issue right Mr. Shepard had my back 100% so whatever I said <laughs> he, he was saying it very important <laughs> you know very important you know so if anyone had you know like there was no no thing where you know they it would say oh well I'm not doing this mm -hmm. <laughs> you know no, no, no. You know, we sit down. We say, "Hey, this is what's expected of us. We're trying to move forward. Mm -hmm. This is what we need to do." Okay, are you on board? Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you're on board, let's go. Let's get it done. Yes. You know, you know, and you know, me being um, always, you know, I started from the bottom. I started as a crew person, right? Gotcha. So I knew, you know, I sweat, mopped, and everything, right? So when I worked with um, the team, you know. Actually, I was not just the one to say, "Hey, do this, do that," right? You know, we do it together. Right. You know, you know, if you know, if floor need to be mopped. You know, we can mop. Right. You know, it's called leadership, y'all. It is important <laughs> when you're the business leader. You cannot be uncomfortable with any aspect of the business. He just mentioned mopping the floor. He owns this place. We know he ain't got to mop nothing if he don't want to. Mm -hmm. But he's got to set the right example. And in order for other people to not feel uncomfortable doing things, he's got to step in occasionally and do it also. So there is not, at this point, any aspect of the business that Larry feels uncomfortable with. If he needs to sweep the floor, he can do that. Uh, I would imagine if you need to ring up a customer, that's not an issue. Uh, if you need to go and clean up the bathroom, that's not an issue. If we got a, you know, if we got a really big order coming in, I would assume that's not an issue either. Uh, walk me through a typical day at a Walt's Chicken Express. First, come in, uh, uh, check the inventory. All right. You know, you set up the registers. You, you, you cut the cookers on. You, you, you prep the um, sides. You know, they they clean the cookers and so on, right? Um, and you know, you start cooking the chicken as early as ten thirty in the morning. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Um, following up basically on what they did last night, also, okay. right? And then you're preparing yourself for the for the day four. Check to see if there's any orders and so on, right? The crews here and all, right? Everyone has their directions of what they need to do, okay? And you have a somewhat meeting of the minds, you know. You know, this is what our goal is for the day. So you guys have meetings every day? Uh, not official meetings, but communication. Gotcha. You gotcha. Know, you know, you, good morning, how you doing? You know, this so is what we'll we need to do We'll call them strategy today. sessions. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. All right. I like that. You guys have heard me say that before also. You need to have regular meetings with your team if you plan on being successful. Uh, okay, so you guys open around what time? Uh, we open at 10.30. So you open at 10.30. I'm assuming you get a lunch rush. I'm assuming you get another rush right around dinner time. Walk me through that. Okay, uh, first thing in the morning, you get your, you know, you prep for the lunch rush. Actually, folks are in here at 10.30 in the morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and sometimes, most of the time, before 10.30. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Wondering when you open, you open, you open, you open, yep. right? So, you know, we start off first thing in the morning, customers like it's breakfast time, okay? Then we, get, then we get our lunch rush, then after our lunch rush, it dies down a little bit. Then we get another rush around about one or two, depending on what location you're at, All right. okay? And then, you know, then, you, know you have your different flows, because Lincoln Street basically has a lot of foot traffic, you know? So the pattern's different than just your standard lunch, dinner, so on. Gotcha. gotcha. You know, here at uh, Carpenter, you have your lunch, you die down a little bit, you have your dinner. Okay? And um, you do that, then at the end of the night, you know, we close around 8.30, 9 o'clock, depending on what location you're at. And, um, we, you know, we get prepared for the next day. We do our inventory, we, we count our registers and so on. That's what the manager takes, manager the house and all those things. Got days. it. Yeah. So we do have, so we try to stick to a routine, but sometimes the traffic takes you out of the routine. Is that about right? Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So I had a different type of question for you. Walk me through the competitive landscape here in your area. Who are your, who are some, some big local competitors for you here? Okay. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken is located <laughs> less than a block away. Look out my back door, and you can see their back door. Oh, <laughs> okay. man. They're one of the competitors, the main competitors, right? Mm-hmm. And our model is that, you know, they sell tacos. They don't sell chicken. Oh. <laughs> oh. Shots fired. Shots fired. When I edit this, I'm going to put some gunshots in the background. Maybe a bomb sound or something. <laughs> so how would you say your business stacks up against, say, a KFC, a Chick-fil-A? Uh, we stack up very well, you know. The the um, we are professional. Our service is great. You know, our quality is there. You know, our store is kept clean. So uh, I think we are. You know, as far as KFC is concerned, we're better than KFC. Uh huh. <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> you know, you know, our product is better. Our service is better. I guess, um, and. Uh, we offer more value. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Unpack that for me a little bit. Okay. When you say we offer more value, what do you mean? Okay. Um, we're just not like your standard 
cut and cookie thing. You know, we are actually um, we put love and feeling into our food. <laughs> into the business. you come into our location, you feel as though you know it's part of you. You know, uh -huh. it's like walking in your kitchen at home. You oh. know, talking to mom and grandma, pop, etc., brother, oh. sister. Man. You know. Y'all should see me nodding and smiling over here. Y'all yeah. can't really see it because we're not you videoing know. this, but this is, he is talking some good talk, ladies and gentlemen. Right. You don't get that from the KFCs and all. Uh -huh. you, know, you, you, you know, matter of fact, you, <laughs> if you get any communication, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's most sometimes it's not, it's not pleasant with them. You know. This is true. This is true. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to when you first opened Walt's Chicken Express. What were your plans before you opened? So before you even opened the doors, what were your plans? Well, the plans were the um, the get this operation running right, and also to expand for franchising the next. So, mm -hmm. You know, one one store at a time. Yeah. So when did we decide that it was time to go from one store to two? Uh, basically when there was an opportunity that arose. You know, I was I was fully staffed at one at the other store. I was introduced to basically another location that seemed to be a good fit. Gotcha. Okay. After doing the evaluation and so on, you know, we figured, okay. Let's go ahead and go to the next location. Uh, well, okay. Now, hold on, because that's, I'm very interested in that. Walk me through that. What kind of evaluations did you do? When, when, when you said, you know what, this is the right decision, what were the things that made you say that? Okay, you come in and you look at, you, you visit the location, you do your demographics, you know, basically uh, who live in there, you know, you actually, if you know your, you know your customer base, mm -hmm. right? So you say, okay, um, who lives in this area within a certain amount of miles, miles, so on? What kind of traffic is going through the place? Okay, you look at your, also your location that is there, and you know, what does it take to turn it around to make it a model store? This store here is actually the model store for franchising. Okay. The other store, the first store, was actually a house. When you first went to that store, it was literally a house. Wow. I designed the whole nine yards. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, put the registers in, I mean, put the cookers in, put the refrigerator there, the freezer, you know, set the whole, the whole, the whole concept, you know, to make it, you know, to make it a, make it a restaurant. You know, I was introduced to that location by a gentleman that I knew, um, they used to work on cars for me, uh -huh. right? And I was um, joking with him about another restaurant that he had that he was renting out, and he took me to the house and said, "Turn this into a restaurant." Okay, a lot of people couldn't see the vision, you know, because all you saw was just a house. I right. mean, <laughs> your house with nothing in it, you know. So I had to actually, you know, design the whole concept as far as where to put the registers, where to put the warmers, the the stock room, the whole nine yards, and also make it feasible so that that you can actually, I mean, make it productive so that the crew would have to not walk miles or so on to do the job. You know, at that location there, right, you can actually um, take, take an order, literally turn around, pack the order, walk maybe five or 10 feet, <laughs> get the chicken, and the chicken's cooked from that location, from that area, 
<laughs> right next to there, you know, where the chicken's cooked at the refrigerator is like two feet away from the cookers. Yep. Except not, not two feet, but not close enough. He's talking about a process, y'all. Yeah. And we 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 are going to discuss that further. But processes are important. We cannot just be winging it in our businesses every day. We have to have a. We do this one way. We do that another way, and we do that another way. We we cannot have that. There has to be a defined process. Without a process, you're not going to have a whole lot of profit. Um. How has the COVID pandemic impacted your business? So we're about two years into the pandemic now. When it first when it first happened, how did it impact the business? Well, you know, COVID actually impacted you know not only my business but everyone's lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it slowed business down. You know, I mean, when people stopped moving around and people were in a panic and so on, you know sales decreased and so on right mm-hmm. you know and not only with that now you go from sales decreasing to you know the employment situation mm. you know tell when, me about that when your employers when your employees um, get sick you know you would have to worry about um, you know you would have to worry about you know the transmission of the COVID from one employee to the other and also possibility closing your location down Mm. You know, because if you have one of your employees come in and they in contact with your other employees, and at that time we did not really know know certain things about it, right? Things were just being put in place. You were in one day away from shutdown. Wow! Wow! You know? I can imagine that that was a pretty harrowing time. Mm-hmm. Now, did the has the pandemic made you adjust the business model at all? Are we doing more business online, anything like that? Uh, we're doing more um, like DoorDashes and Grubhubs, et cetera, mm-hmm. you know. But that's another story also. Well, tell me about it, brother. We got time. <laughs> because, uh, you know, they dig into your profits. Mm. Tell okay. me about that. Okay. Their percentages are high. They average around 20% or so. From your from your actual sales, so every time you you send out a dollar, you only bring back eighty cents. <laughs> I had no idea it was that high. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we we basically were a takeout location, so that also that workforce was mm-hmm. so when people first coming in and out, right? You know, we did the uh, you know takeout was available. You know, we didn't have to worry about the sit down. Gotcha. Okay, but we had to limit the amount of people who could come in the store at one time. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. have a line outside? Yes, we did because we had maximum three to four people in at one time. Mm. You know, so three people, a couple people come in, place the order, step outside <laughs> if the order wasn't ready. Okay, so you know, but we also do things that that we were known for before. It was actually realized people were actually doing it back in '89 when I went with Mr. Shepard, right? We started working at the other walls. We did call-ins. Mm-hmm. Callings wasn't a popular thing. Callings now is a necessity. Now walk me through that. Walk you know, me through for, for, folks for those calling, of us who are uninitiated. What's like, it called? Folks calling the order, and you have you prep the order, have it ready for them. Okay, we always had two lines available for that. You know, two phone lines. Mm. Yeah. 
So that may, you know, you call in, okay, you ought to be ready five minutes, you come in, you back out within one minute or so. It, it decreases the, um, the service time. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now that, what does that speak to, yo? Evolution. You have got to evolve with the times. This is the whole blockbuster versus Netflix uh, debate. Now, had he not been willing to take call-ins, where would the business be now? Think about that. How else has COVID uh, affected the business? Uh, price of food. Oh. Price, the cost of the product that you buy. <laughs> you now, know? I know that's a big <laughs> one. I know that's a big one. Tell me about that. Talk to me about this food cost. Okay, food cost has almost increased 30, to 30 almost 30%. You know, paper costs is also an issue too. That's almost like a 40%. Boxes that we used to buy for like $50, now cost you eighty dollars. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then not only with the cost going up, the availability, you know, the supply went down. Yes. <laughs> you know, certain things you can't get on a regular basis, or there's a two week, four week wait for. Mm -hmm. You know, something as simple that you could get next day, now turns into a two week wait, or you have to change your model. You change your model, okay? Instead of serving these cups like this. Now you have to use a different cup. Wow. You and have to go whatever's available. I would imagine for an operation this size, that's not easy to do. No, it's not easy, you know. Wow. So to all the restaurateurs out there, we, we feel your pain. We're all dealing with the same thing here. Uh, when it comes to the structure of the business, can you walk me through priorities? Here's what I mean. Um... Obviously, we want to make sure our employees are happy. Otherwise, they might not be able to give a good customer experience. Mm -hmm. uh, we have food costs that we need to consider. We have customer service that needs to be considered. We have the appearance of the store that needs to be considered. Where, if you had to prioritize these things, what would you say are like the three, let's say the five, uh, you know, let's say three. What would you say are the three most important things for running the operation here? Okay. Employees quality of the product, mm -hmm. okay, uh, controlling the cost. Yeah. Now, with these food costs going up and the availability going down, how are we, how are we maintaining the, uh, I guess my question is how do you not, I don't want to say raise prices, but we have to keep the margins fair. This is a business. We're not here right. to give stuff away. How do we make sure that we don't pass on too much of that increase onto the customer? Well, the way you don't pass too much of the increase onto the customer is um, basically create different packages for them. Okay, okay, and and also you would have to, you know, you have to shop wisely okay now if Joe sells product for a dollar and ninety cents and you can get it for a dollar and ten cents then you got to get it for a dollar and ten cents and that it maintains your you know maintains the cost you know so you have to shop real smart yes yeah and you can't you know you can't be afraid you know when you're talking to your suppliers and all, and say, hey, look, is this the best you can do? You know, 
because without them, I mean, without you, it's no them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have certain companies that once they get certain, you know, like I, I you know, let me, I call them out, you know, because it was Cisco, mm-hmm. right? We dealt with Cisco for almost twenty years. You know, Cisco started just like us, mom and pop operation in Pocomo, Maryland, one little store, mm-hmm. and it blew up all across the nation. Yep. Okay. We, we we were dealing with the actual Cisco presidents and CEOs. We all knew them personally. Nice. Right. So. When they did a little, when we did like had um, issues with the uh, pricing and so on, they would also they would say, okay, you're doing such amount of volume. Here's a cut. Okay, this is your price. Okay. Once it became corporate, the stock market, it's all about making that money. Right. Doesn't matter who you are, what you are. Yes. If you know, if, you know, we yeah. need to make a certain profit. You yep. know, for us, for the stock market. Yep. And well, you got shareholders, sudden, the answer to the game yep, changes. Yep. So all of a sudden now the the relationship changes. You know, they used to have food shows where they come out and <laughs> you come out and you sample the food and you make, you know, and you know, it was all a little play, but we all, you know, but at least it was just a little motivation right. to buy food ahead of time and so on. Mm-hmm. Food shows are non-existent now. Wow. You know, it's, you know, prices go up based on whatever they think they should go up to. You know, you know, you know. Sometimes we used to have a thing where, where the food, where the chicken was bought based on Armour Berry, mm-hmm. which is the, um, it's the food, uh, it's the chicken market. You go online, you say, okay, chicken sells for a certain amount of money. We gonna give you certain, you gonna charge you certain cents over that, right? That, that deal was in place. When, when hands change, that deal went away. Uh-huh. It's not too many folks you can go to to buy the items from now. It's almost like Cisco, U.S. Food, and there's maybe a few little guys. Right. <laughs> you, know? you have these bigger companies that are that control the entire supply chain from growing the chickens to you know uh, processing the chickens. I won't say the S word. I won't say uh, slaughter. But to processing the chickens to delivering the stuff, these big companies control the entire supply chain. So what I'm what I think I'm hearing you say is that relationships are equally as important as everything else in this business. Correct. Mm-hmm. Got you. And sometimes those relationships might take a little time, and those relationships can change according to Larry, based on what the other company does. You just heard him outline how. You know, once Cisco became publicly traded, that changed quite a bit. So we're uh, getting ready to wrap up here. Uh, Let's say a young man or young woman walked in here and said, Hey, Mr. Larry, I'm thinking about buying me a a Checkers. Thinking about opening a Chick-fil-A. I want to open a KFC. I want to do what you do. What advice would you give them? Uh, Business plan is the first thing. Okay. You need a business plan, okay? But once you know, you already got the dream. So the dream is always, you know, it's going to be your dream, your dream. So that's not a problem, right? Okay. So what you need to do is have a business, establish a business plan. If you go, if you do a business plan, it would take you through every aspect of a business that you need to know. Mm-hmm. You would know what you do if you're successful, what to do if you have a little letdown, you know, who your competition is what your costs are, you know, that you that you need not only 
five dollars to open the business, but ten dollars to maintain after you open the business. Yes, yes. <laughs> that you know how you know, and also that you know, you know, like I say, the business plan is the key. You know, you know, that is that is your business itself. <laughs> you know, you know, it is at least on paper a success. <laughs> and gotcha. you have to follow through from that point. All right. What are some what are some challenges that they can expect to run into? Like what challenges did you have when you first opened your you know, your your, your first restaurant? Oh uh, well the key challenge is um, finances. That that is the that's, that, you know basically making sure you have enough capital to, to sustain you know the growth or, or or while the business main while the business grows. Gotcha. You know. That is, that, is, that is one aspect that, you know, that is very, very important. You know, you know availability of funds is always going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to mortgage your house, have some funds of your own, to back up whatever you want to do. Gotcha. You know? So this is not a you build it and they will come type of thing. <laughs> so we got to have certain marketing practices in place okay I understand you have a first responders promo that we're running right now tell me a little bit about that yeah okay for first responders we're going to give you a 15% discount say that one more time 15% discount to all first responders and also veterans okay come in show your badge have your uniform on etc you know purchase any your purchase will be discounted 15% and that's because we love what you're doing you know and we appreciate you so show our appreciation Walt is going to you know reach out to you or give you offer this discount to you and we're not going to say for one day one month <laughs> you know as long as you're responding we are responding uh-huh <laughs> okay. Woo, y'all hear that he is talking some good talk all right, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Mr. Larry, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. One more time, could you tell us where we can find you? You can find me at the uh, 103 North Lincoln, Wilmington, Delaware, 19805. And you can also find me at 50 Carpenter Plaza, which is uh, 2601 Carpenter Station Road in Wilmington, Delaware also. And waltzexpress.com is the website. It has location, menu, etc. Can we find you on uh, Instagram also? Oh, Instagram daily. On Instagram, you can find me. Facebook, you can find me also. Their Instagram handle is Walt's Chicken Express, yo. And let me tell you something. This is not a game when you come in here. This because I was a little skeptical at first too. Like I've I've only been in Delaware in March. It'll be or next month. It'll be two years. And several people had told me about Walt's, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Let me tell you something. They make, they make this food in here so listen, this chicken's so good you can't eat it with your shoes on. Like you you gotta go home, take your shoes off, kick your feet up and just enjoy. I'm trying to tell you, it's something special in here. Alright? Y'all enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in. This is Steve Johnson and Larry Fletcher. Peace. <laughs>